0: You are listening to the Coach's Edge Podcast exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. This is Pablo with Rush Coach Development. Um, We're very happy, very lucky today. We have Thiago Calvano, our Director of International Affairs for Rush Soccer and former professional footballer for probably 17 years or more. So, Tiago is here. Tiago, how are you? Thank you very much for being here.
1: Hey, Pablo. Thank you very much for having me here. Hey, hello, everyone. I'm very happy to be part of this. And let's start it. Let's see. One Argentinian, one from Brazil. Let's see who has the, the funny <laughs> accent here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and both speaking in English. This is great. Uh, <laughs> So, Tio, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit of your about your experience and background, maybe before you, you join us um, as a director of international affairs?
1: Yes, sure. So, be prepared. So, as you know, guys, I'm from Brazil, uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I started my career in Brazil uh, for Botafogo, uh, one of the biggest clubs in Rio. So, in Rio, we have four big clubs. Flamengo, Fluminense, Vasco and Botafogo. I was lucky enough to be part of uh, a big club as Botafogo is. So I started my career there when I was 15 and I stayed there for seven years and I was able to play professionally for Botafogo. It was my only club in Brazil. So I started on U15 and I made it to the first team Played two years in the professional level and then I transferred to Italy, the club called AC Perugia, Serie A on that time. I spent one season in Italy, a great experience, but uh, to play was hard because in Italy uh, to young players is very hard to play. But I learned a lot I, on tactical sense, it was great after italy i spent uh, 2 years of my career in one of the best clubs in the world i played for uh, fc barcelona i signed with the second team barcelona b for 5 years and i played there for 2 years how, how, up how old were
0: you by, how old were you by then
1: uh, i in barcelona i signed i was 21 to 22 years old oh wow you were a kid yeah yeah so yeah twenty two actually. and then I signed, as I was saying, I signed five years deal. I played two years, and I realized that, that would be very hard for me to play constantly in the first team. Uh, I play couple friendly games uh, training with the first team, but I wanted to play every weekend. and as i I was played before in Botafogo first team, in Italy, I was with the first team and spending two years on the second team uh, in Barcelona. As Barcelona is the best one, C, B, A, but I want more. And then I received an offer from a club from Switzerland, Young Boys Bern. Uh, I signed three years there. They bought me, so I transferred. And then I was there three years. Uh, it was great playing in the UEFA league, uh, great experience, three years there. And then I transferred to Germany on that time, uh, MSV uh, MS Duisburg, which is owned by Capelli now. Uh, it was first Bundesliga. And then I signed two years deal there and then they got relegated. I, was, I played there two years in the second Bundesliga. And then my third year in Germany, I switched to the rival, to the biggest rival from Duisburg. I went to Fortuna Düsseldorf, which is in first Bundesliga now. Uh, and then, after three years in Germany, uh, I got enough from the cold, and then I switched to. I received a very interesting offer from Australia, the other part of the world. And on that time, I spoke with my family, and we decided to to make that move. It was great. Three years in Australia, beautiful country, good league. Where I, were you? In- so in- my first first year and a half, I, I spent in Newcastle Jets, and then I transferred to Sydney FC, the biggest club in the A-League, another year and a half. And then... Ah, it's getting long here, huh? You were trying trying to get close to the beach, right? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I miss the beach from Rio and the hot weather. So then after Australia, plans changed, and then I joined the cold again. I received the the great offer from Minnesota United, the coldest place in the world. Spent (laughs) three years and a half with Minnesota, which was great. And then my last two years as a professional player was here with Penfc FC. And now I'm here with you guys, and I'm very happy to be part of the rush.
0: Beautiful. So we're talking about, so you retired. How old were you when, when, when you played your last game?
1: Uh, 37.
0: Oh, wow. So, and you in your first game with Botafogo, how old were you? 18, 17? Eight,
1: eight, 18, yeah.
0: 18. Wow, we're talking about 19 years.
1: Yes, yes. Man, that was a journey. It was. I was good, uh, lucky enough to to play 18, 19 years as a professional. Incredible,
0: incredible. So, you know, just by, by listening to your story, I have so many questions. Um, I wonder, like, how it was in terms of training what, what what were the differences like i mean you played in spain that has one culture in soccer you played in you played in italy that has a completely different culture then you played in germany another culture then you played even in australia or switzerland how was what do you think was was different in in the training methods in the in the soccer approach
1: well, man, there's many difference. Uh Let's say in Brazil and, and Spain, they are very similar because pretty much everything is with the ball and very a lot of technique work and everything with the ball. I would say in Spain, the game is quicker and everything you do, you need to do with pace, which in Brazil is more uh, calm, you know, very mm-hmm. technical, but not as fast. Uh, and then Italy is a completely different uh, school of soccer, let's say. Uh, very tactical, you know, very structured. Uh, but that for a defender uh, helped me a lot. You know? <laughs> and then Switzerland and Germany are very similar. You know, Switzerland, they love the Germans and they want to be like them, uh, on soccer, mm-hmm. on football. And Germany is very, you know, very German, let's say. Everything worked well, you know, playing uh, very mechanical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Australia, they they are a British school. They play a lot, long balls, direct soccer, very physical. Uh, and here in US, you have physicality, you know, and the mix, people from Latin America coming in, and it's the league is growing and has everything to be one of the best leagues, let's say. But yeah, if as a player, if you take uh, the positive from every single place, uh, it's it's good, you know, only positive.
0: Completely, completely. I mean, it's it's such a such a nice learning experience as a player. It is. Um, no let me let me get a little bit i don't know the word in English for this one when you're like curious about the famous players um who uh who do you think or in your opinion were the best players you played with or against and you can even say somebody that we don't we that we don't expect like somebody that maybe was not so famous but you were like wow he's he's good
1: oh man I- I was lucky enough. I played with uh, against great players, you know, very. So I played against in Brazil, in Maracanã, against Romário. Uh, he was in 94, the best player in the world. So you had to uh, mark... who...
0: Sorry? You had to mark Romário? Yes. At the Maracanã? Yes.
1: In Maracanã. Uh, it was a derby, uh, Vasco versus Botafogo. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was lucky Maracanã was empty, only 50,000 people, you know. <laughs> so, only half was empty. <laughs> and then yeah, great experience I remember as was today, you know. Uh, didn't end well as you can expect playing against <laughs> Romário. <laughs> <laughs> but great experience. So I was lucky enough to try to mark him. <laughs>
0: what was it? What was it about him? Because what is it? He's like 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, yeah.
1: yeah, he's a short guy, but uh, yeah. he's known as a genius of the small box, you know? Really? Yeah. And he's the kind of player that he doesn't make you physically tired because at so, on that time, he was, like, 37, 36. Mm-hmm. He didn't move much, but he make you be stressful and tired, psychologically, mental, you know, mm-hmm. because you cannot uh, give him uh, space. And that's, that's make you become tired mentally. And, yeah, the end of the game, he scored one, and we lost 3-1. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. But yeah, so, and... I mean, you Botafogo, were lucky was
0: 37 anyway, with all the love in the world.
1: I, I would say, when you play against him, you are never lucky. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. You know? Uh, so, in Botafogo, I play with a guy who is known in Brazil as the the goal scorer of the beautiful goals. The name is Dodo, great player. He only scored beautiful goals. And, yeah, uh... Overseas, I would say I play with the greatest one. So I play with Messi (laughs) a year and a half in Barcelona. Uh, Our debut with the first team was together. So I was 20. Yeah, I was 22. He was 16. So you can tell how good he was. Uh, It was the first game on the new stadium of Porto in Portugal. So we debuted together. Oh, cool. I remember
0: that game. Wasn't Capello? The- no,
1: it was Mourinho, the coach from Porto. Oh. And our coach was Frank Heikert. Wow. What an experience. Yes, yes. It was great.
0: And what was it about him up from Don't say everything, of course, but what was oh, it man, you were it, training? It and was, like,
1: oh, man. It was funny because that day was the day I met him personally. It was my first year in Barcelona, and everybody talked about Messi. You know, it's a kid, 15, 16 years old. He's, he's great. And I, I, I watched him playing with the kids, 15, 16, and I say, man, this guy is unbelievable. Okay, so it was a FIFA date, and Barcelona has a lot of players with the national teams. So Ka- Heikard didn't have many players. He needs to to ask us from the s- second team to go. And so it was six players from Barcelona B. And Messi was from the Barcelona C on that time. So we went to Porto. Uh, we was on the bench. And on the second half, Heikard called Messi. Okay, guy, you go there and play. So first ball, Messi touches, he started dribbling, dribbling the goalkeeper and shot, and one guy clear on the line before the ball goes through, and everybody was man, who is this kid, you know I remember I saw Hiker looking at his assistant, 10 Kate, and was like, wow this kid is special so after that, Messi came to Barcelona B, to the second team and training every day and play with us one year, and after that, he was uh, moved to the first team. And that can tell how special he was on 16 years old.
0: Yeah, completely.
1: Yeah, but back to your question, and I also play against Frank Hiberi on UEFA Cup. Yeah, I was in Young Boys, and he was at Olympique Marcel, a great player. Wow. I played against Uh, Alessandro Del Piero, back then when he was at Juve and then in Australia. So I was in Newcastle and he was in Sydney FC. We played against each other. And actually we had a big fight on that game, me and him. And Mm -hmm. after one month, uh, Sydney uh, bought me. So I transferred to Sydney after one month after fight with Del Piero and I was, okay, let's see how
0: Alex, how, how are you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. So I play against and with Del Piero. What a player. Crazy. Uh, I love yeah, him. It's so, an amazing player. Yeah, for sure. One of the greatest. Uh, and before that, in Newcastle, I played with Emil Heskey. Mm-hmm. A beast from me. Yeah, I remember. Huge guy. Yeah, huge, huge. Great guy, great player as well. My God.
0: Well, a long story, we could, we, we could, I mean, I, we, we could talk about this for hours, just stories over 19 years of experience. It's incredible, incredible. Yeah. But let me ask you one thing. Um, I think everybody wonders this is, what do you think was, the, what is, or what was in your in your case the key developing as a youth player that wants to make it a professional lesson? What is it that you think you had or the or or your teammates that made it to pro had that others didn't?
1: Apart you know, from that, first, of course. Yeah, so first thing is the love of the game. You know, you can't teach that. Uh, that is the first thing I would say. You must love the game. So I used ball, a, a soccer ball was the first gift I had from my dad, my parents. And I carry the ball everywhere. So I used to sleep with the ball. Uh, it was my kilo. You know, my yeah, mom used exactly. to say that. And then compared to the others, I would say, so because coming from where I come, everybody, so every kid loves soccer. And most of them, they, they have the quality. They have the talent to play. You know, the same with you from Argentina. Uh, but the difference between myself and the others, which unfortunately didn't make, was I was mentally strong. Uh-huh.
0: You know? Uh,
1: I can tell and that's a is a huge part of the game, is mental. Uh I, I can tell like in, in Botafogo, uh we always so our coaches always invited uh former players to come and talk to us. And all the time they say, listen, they have us seated on the ground and like 30 kids. And they they start the speech like that. You know, guys, you need to work hard. Every day is a war here because from all of you, you will be lucky enough from 30 guys if one from this group will make pro one day. And then every time when some coach say that some former player, I have inside me that okay, guys, I look around and I tell, I told them, listen, you guys are, because that one guy would be me. So I was strong mentally, and I was I always uh, knew that if one player from this group of thirty can make the pro, it would be myself. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: I believe in that. I believe in that. You know, in fact, I had this really, really short, funny story that where I grew up playing, um, Hernan Crespo, um, played at the same, the same place. And, um, and, um, but there were so many others, you know, you, you so, so many other people that you meet and you're like, wow, technically, or you know, in terms of skills, you think, Hey, this, this guy could probably be a professional player. So I asked, um, like a legend not a legendary coach but you know a coach that had like 20 20 20 30 years of experience at the place and i asked him hey what was different about crispo well, I, I asked the same question and he told me he told me like look this guy or that guy or that guy that you probably meet have met they were more skillful they were more skillful the thing about Hernan was he's he was very strong mentally he had a lot of dedication and um he, he was going to come every single day and leave learning some, something else. So he, he learned, he learned and he was convinced that he was going to make it and had that, that dedication. and and wow, he did.
1: Right. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 I would say I play with kids unbelievable on the youth level. You know, he will say, Oh, this kid is, is the new Romario or oh, is the new Maradona. And they never make it to the pros. It, it's a lot of, aspect that uh, you make you become a professional player not only the quality the talent the technique is a lot of things so and men, the mental part is a huge part of the game
0: completely and what do you think was the difference you know maybe after once you became a professional you know sometimes we see players that are 20 and we say hey you, you know this this is an incredibly good amateur player. What do you think is the difference between a really strong amateur player and a professional player?
1: Uh, man, to become a professional player, uh, you need to have a special life, you know? Mm. You you don't have a normal life, let's say. Since I was 15, so I have friends uh, in Brazil, carnival is huge. Yep. I never spent time in Carnival because I was training I was practicing, practicing every day mm. uh when my friends they have vacation from school, they travel. I was training, so you need to dedicate so much and maybe those amateur players they don't they don't want to give up like holidays or parties carnivals you know. You need to have uh, discipline, and that's is it's a huge part of the game. Discipline, uh, and also like how to deal with pressure, because as soon as you step on a big club, you have the pressure. It's not okay. You don't have forty thousand, fifty thousand people in your game, but the pressure is every day in training, because you know if you don't train and perform well, you have another hundred kids willing to take your place. True. You know, and that's that is what we always say. It's a war every day. Every day is a fight because you need to fight to your spot. Because other than that, at the end of the month or at the end of the year, you'll be cut if you don't perform. And every every corner in Brazil you have good players. So that's the pressure we deal with. So kids, I was already old when I, I went to Botafogo, you have kids uh, doing that, that every day since they was 12, 11, you know, and that's why when they have 18 years old and they play the first game professionally, they know how to deal with the pressure because the pressure is not only what you see uh, on the stands Correct. is the daily pressure
0: you know true 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 that's a, that's a really good tip that's a really good point yeah
1: no. and also the other is the the social part like uh third world countries if they don't become a pro they'll be in trouble their families is still in the ghetto you know yeah. the soccer is the only way to be successful in life you know that's that's the difference, and it shows
0: on the field. Eh? That's what I always. It mm-hmm. shows on the field. I told my my boys that I trained 15-16 years old. That you, you guys, I wish they they play one game against a similar team from Brazil or South America. And I'm not re- not even talking about the soccer in that moment. I'm I'm just talking about the commitment, the aggressiveness, the the passion that they show in every ball. It's it's very different. Yeah. yeah. Um. Tiago, let me ask you something. what What do you think was important to find in your youth coach when you were when you were at the youth academies of Votafogo? What, what, what do you think was important from those coaches?
1: You know, the, uh, you need to respect the coaches, and to warn that the coach should be very straight. You know, and also kids. Uh, I'm not saying that's the only way, but uh, kids, they love to hear histories. And then if the coach was a former player, that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. But obviously you have good coaches who never never play professionally, but that helps in the sense that, oh man, this guy, he knows what he's talking about because he was on the field. He, and then the the, the respect is, is easier, you know?
0: Completely, completely. Um, and yeah, there are exceptions, of yeah. course. I don't mean like Bill some didn't sure. have great professional careers, but it's such a it's such a shortcut, such a it puts you in a you start from a much better place if you had it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Of course. And um and once you once you became professional and, and this is so interesting because you played in so many different places. Um what did you appreciate from your professional coaches? Like what, what did you think Tell me something that you would say as a player, from a player point of view, like this was a big difference between the, the coaches that I really appreciated, that I thought that they were great, and the ones that were not.
1: You know, uh, from my experience and talking with great players, uh, I would say, so coaches, all they are different. And at the end of the day, uh, so you don't need to invent things to, to be being like invention new things to become a good coach. The hard part is make simple, you know, coaches, they have different methodologies, different way to play, and you need to adapt to what your coaching is asking. But the greatest coach is that one who takes the best from their players. And, I would say also the main management is a huge part. Mm-hmm. If the coach is, is straight and treats everybody on the same way, no privilege to, to the best player, to the gifted players technically, but treat everybody the same and honest, is no better coach than that.
0: Mm-hmm. I follow. I follow. In fact, it's funny what, what you said. I was reading like two, three days ago, I was reading... I don't remember if it was Crif that said soccer is a very complex game that the great players and coaches make simple.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly, that's true. And if you had to compare, so I tried to say that he was a genius. He knows the short shortcut. (laughs) He's
0: playing it in one sentence exactly. Um, And if you had to.
1: You know, I, I can tell you one thing. Uh-huh. Uh, some One journalist asked Ronaldinho, oh, who was the best, the best coach uh, you had? And he said, hi, Card. And the guy, why? What he did? And he was, you know what? He don't disturb us. Mm-hmm. He don't complicate the things. He just let us play. He had the best players and we was having fun and play. So he was the best. Because he wasn't there to say, "You need to do that, do that, he just let us play, so smart guy
0: that's true that's true sometimes you know the i i i I believe in that I believe in that sometimes coaches they try to make it complicated. it's like by making it complicated, they try to prove that they know about the game, and I think it's quite the opposite, you know besides this. Soccer is simple in that sense. You got to give simple indications, sim- simple comments, or the player is not even going to follow what you're talking
1: about. Yes, and of course you need to have the quality of your
0: player. Yeah, for sure.
1: You need, the first thing. You, as a coach, you need to realize the, the kind, the type of players you have, and then work on that.
0: Completely. No, no, completely. It's getting the best of of what you have, you know, and developing to the max. Uh, that they can do now let me try to make a comparison that might be valuable for our coaches listening um what do you think like if you if you try to remember the coaches that you had in your youth before you became pro and the coaches that you had once you were pro what were the differences between the differences between the two or what do you think it's important for a youth coach that aspires to be professional does that make sense
1: Yes, makes sense, but uh, it's two different goals, you know, like, uh, I think the first goal for a youth coach is develop the players. You know, and in some place, uh, that's why you have now players in the professional level not ready yet, because they change a little bit that, so as a youth, now you need to win every game, otherwise you are set. But for me, as a youth coach, you need to develop the player. You need to work a lot on technique. You need to be patient and explain. If you have to, three, four, five times the same thing, show the player where they are making mistakes so they have a chance to learn. And on the professional level, you don't have much time to do that because you need the results. Mm-hmm you know that's that's the difference i would say but and if you do that as a a youth coach and you are developing players if you are doing a good work the results are coming as well so you have potentially your chance someone you see you are doing a great job and then you have a chance to become a professional coach one day
0: true very true very true all right, so we, we always um, wrap up this podcast with um, a little open space, let's say, and um, for the guests to say something to our coaches and our players through this channel. So if, if you would like to share a message, and you pick, you go, you go wherever you want with this one.
1: Guys, I would say uh, believe in yourself, you know, be mentally strong and go after your dreams. And not only soccer, but life will never be will never be like only flowers. Let's say only positive things. But when the hard times coming, don't give up. You know, be follow your dreams and working hard, and be prepared. Be prepared when the the opportunity come. You are ready. That's my
0: very nice, very nice, very nice. Tiago thank you very much for being here, for taking the time, um, and thank you everybody for listening. And um, we'll connect again. It's always a pleasure. We, we can, we can, we can record so many podcasts with Tiago just talking about stories and 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 players. So, Tiago thank you very much for real.
1: Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. That was nice talk about. Very nice, very
0: nice. All right. Uh, this is this was Pablo with Rush Coach Development. And uh, see you next time, everybody. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, thanks, thanks for listening to Coach's Education,
0: exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network.